Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world today. This is Generation 2.0, I'm Muhammad Toomey, and today I've got with me Dane, the busker from Portugal, but originally from somewhere else. How are you doing, South Dane? End. Where are you from? South End on Sea. South Essex. End, Essex. Hmm. How are you doing? Thanks for joining, thanks, thanks for agreeing for to, to do this on like such a no, short notice. I love it, man. I like getting out there and I like, appreciate people like you doing doing this, travelling the world, bringing it to people and doing whatever you feel like doing, you know what I mean? Not uh, being bound to anyone else's ideas but your own. The so. pleasure is all mine, trust me. Uh, you know, I, This is like creativity, just feeding on, into each other and uh and and inspiration to keep going and doing what exactly what you said i agree i nice. agree with that i like to not be bound with uh judge judgments of other people yeah, nice. and then keep going so you're busking in portugal but you lived and grew up in essex yeah yeah and how did that story go like what it made was, you switch it was the place that brought me into music uh, my family are quite musical but um that wasn't my inspiration, really. I always had music around me, but um, it was one guy, really, that um, my producer from the order of music I've released mm. is Adam Hazelwood, and he was playing for a Scar outfit called Goldmaster All-Stars, and um, they were also involved in sound system, which I've got a massive interest in, and I needed uh, info on a lot of music that I'd heard over the years in sound system, but didn't know who, so I used to hang around the studio just literally just to get music off people and knowledge uh, there was some beautiful people that I was felt uh, blessed and uh, privileged to be in their presence they were all working on something I was learning I was say learning I wasn't learning but studios are quite there's first of all shutting up I learned how to shut up in a studio you have to be quiet when the red light rolls things like that you know and uh, how to set up equipment all these XLR leads jacked when I walked in there I was just like uh, had no idea and I was kind of forced to do stuff without knowing what I was supposed to be doing and subsequently I learned uh, what I need to know now uh, along the way at Goldmaster Goldmaster College where I got my knowledge that's what we used to say <laughs> I and, love that yeah, it started with Studio One Studio One is where Bob Marley started uh, it's the first as far as I'm aware the first studio in Jamaica but mm. it was uh, that was kind of what they said about Studio One they went to Studio One to uh, the college to get their knowledge uh, all the alpha boys school saxophonists who became the scatterlites and these were the kind of band scatterlites that influenced this band goldmaster all stars you know a big 12 piece four horn section really respected worked with all the jamaican artists over the years uh, since i've known and they've worked with so many different people that i've been listening to all my life they put me in contact with great producers that had produced root stuff you know like Sound system, you know, if you're not into it, you won't know people, you know, Martin Campbell and uh, the Wicked Ones Raw, all these people that I'd been listening to in sound system all my teenage years or on funny mixtapes that people had got from sound system uh, were now people that I was going to hang out a little bit with at One Love Festival and stuff. It was just, for music, for me at first, it was just a social thing and... Uh, Dragged into it, you know, shoved mm. up on stage. Uh, I was a market trader, so I had like confidence and attitude, but I had absolutely no confidence in myself as a musician or a singer. Mm. It's interesting you say that, and you learned in a reggae school because when we met, you were doing reggae, you did a bit of rap, you did, you mixed it up quite a lot, and this was all on the guitar with the harmonica as well. Where did did that just 
learn one at a time? Did you learn one or, or did you put focus on on everything together at People the same time? People always ask how I learned harmonica and, it, and I always say I didn't learn. It just happens with harmonica. But I don't know if that's quite true because I get new harmonicas all the time in different keys and stuff and I never really read about it or look into the practicalities of it. I just sort of play and see what's... So I find it really hard to get the right one because I haven't looked into any of the because you get... Anyway, I won't bore you with the ins and outs of harmonicas and diatonic scales and shit like you that. You just picked up a harmonica yeah. just for everyone that yeah. wasn't looking. That was yeah, a really right. old-school looking harmonica. Yeah, it's just Lee Oscar's simple. They're not that cheap, but, they, um, you know, I have to maintain them and that's a part of the fun. But, yeah, no, really, uh, my mate taught me a chop on a guitar, standard reggae chop, you know. And... He's gone to grab From the guitar. From that point, I thought I was a guitarist. That's what it's like, you know. You learn a couple of chords and you think you're the man, didn't you? But um, very quickly, you realise that you know you can't stand in with good musicians, and you sort of obviously have to raise your game. And I never really played with bands. I always sang with them, and sometimes I I got involved in bands and I sort of played, but I was never that comfortable playing and singing with a band. Um, I like playing on my own and singing because you've got. Right. You can go out, you can slow down and speed up, which is not good on a click track in a studio. Mm. But when you're live, you can kind of get away with being in your own time frame. But when you're with a band, you're so on that kick, on that drum, it just makes me feel very... Uh, uh, I, yeah, I just much prefer having a mic and being able to engage with the audience and not think about the music and having mm. to get all the changes right at all the right times with all the other musicians. It's, but that's where I learned music was by doing that, being shoved. I think that's a big step for musicians going from sitting in your room playing to be forced to play with different people, that's what takes you out of what you think you can do and makes you just do stuff and learn tricks. Uh, like I say, the first basic one drop drop, which I sing about on the street. Uh, when I do a, if ever I do a Bob Marley tune, which I very rarely do covers by the way, peeps, I'm about my own tunes, but if I'm doing a, a one drop tune, I'll let the people know, I'll tell them in my lyrics that I'm doing a one drop. Yeah, yeah. So go on, tell us in your lyrics that you're about to do something uh, like you did, like the improv way so, that you do. Feel it in the one drop. That's the one drop beat. That's the one drop beat. While we still find time to rock, we're making just one stop. The generation gap, won't you feel that drum beat? From the Lisbon city streets with the people that I meet. Mohammed Zumi and Sohil. Sohil in the place with a smile on the face, a sparkle in the eye right now. And you just seen someone grab their phone. What you got to say about someone recording? I'm having phone and I don't mind that. We're up upon the podcast and I know we can't let come go too fast. So we're gonna hit it hard, hit it hard up in the attic while we at it with the big beats and vibes. International hobo upon the mic. <laughs> I didn't tell you my name, did I? That's crazy. Oh. Amazing, amazing. And you were saying, in all sorts, when I seen you, you were talking about you're recording for Instagram and you got the fans. Yes. Uh, and I said to you, I just shouted, it's not Instagram, it's YouTube. And you flipped it on and you went, YouTube, yeah. I'm on YouTube. Hey, like you've got, you've that. 
for me, so you've got the reggae thing, which is sort of like a bass foundation, and mm. then you've got you mixing grime as well. Yeah, so, the, the grime. I mean, it's just a rhythm, and I don't really think. Uh, it's just uh, I've always bounced, you know, like uh, I've always attacked a note hard and then bounced. Uh, whether I was, and I used to do it all in a very high voice, you know. Like, uh-huh. I'll give you an example, like. Um, if you were to drop a grime, like a grime lyric, straight, like. Yeah, no, I'll try and what? just like do one of my early songs that would have that would have that had like lot that was quite wordy. Um, all my songs are quite wordy. Let's just give you one. Yeah, uh, give a recent one even. A recent one. All right, this is really recent. It's on the new album. The new album is called um, Bare Bones, but it's a problem already. The reason we changed the name of the beetroots and left the beetroots behind was because there were so many beetroots. But we. Didn't even tune up before this. I'm very unprofessional for this, um, but yeah. You can um, afford to do that when you're a street buster. Yeah, this is it. Uh, I'm not. We didn't plan this. It's all very unplanned. I suppose that's part of the charm, isn't it? Yeah. I see. Go ahead. Go ahead. You do the. Yeah, you asked the recent one. Um, the recent. Yeah, tune. recent. All right, let's do it. Try. 
bad start, but we got phenomenal. Phenomenal. Now, this is quite a different topic, right? And only because last week we had uh, a psychotherapist, US James Miller, uh, been twenty years psychotherapy, and he got he said he got into the game because he wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, this week we're supposed to have a a psychologist, an award-winning one, Um, and we were talking about mental health. And as a street busker, to make that change, to say, I'm going to go be independent, live on my own, Mm. rely completely on myself with no one I know, you've got to have a strong mental mind. What do you think about that? How how have you been able to achieve that? I could just have a crazy mental mind. Um, There's a certain, like, rebellious and lawlessness about it. You know, uh, you don't always have the permission to play and you have to have the drive to want to play. Uh, there's a lot of... Um, being that free, there's a lot of temptation out there and uh, and a lot of different attitudes to street people. There's a certain way you have to hold yourself out there, you know, uh, whether it be with the bar people that you're playing outside or the people that approach you. There's loads of different ins and outs that you need strength for and mm-hmm. the most strength, I'd say, is to just drive yourself to want to do it every day, mm. which I don't have that problem, but I, I think uh, it might become a problem one day. Uh, when do you see it becoming a problem? Uh, at the moment, I'm driven, you know, like to do music, mm. and I, I can't see a day in my life that I'm not going to want to make music, but whether I'm going to want to play on the streets forever, you know, like um, there is a certain, uh, I want to achieve something out there that brings me off the streets to some extent, but I'll always, I'll always, I've never enjoyed performing as much as i enjoy playing on the streets but it's not necessarily something I want to do all my life I can see it's problems carrying my bags everywhere you know it's a graft it's a it's not always that easy it's something I can always can do and I'm grateful for that but uh it's not necessarily what I see myself doing for the rest of my life mm-hmm. uh it's a great journey um so so you've never really felt that I was going to get away from the the strength thing and the the task of it and think more about the psychological side of it. Yeah. You, you asked me about... Um, it's funny, it's, I used to do care work. Like, that was my job in England uh, right. for all of my adult life, pretty much, taking care of adults with learned disabilities or old people. Uh, and I've had my own... F- there's obviously mental illness in everyone's family at some point, and I've got my own struggle with... Um, not mental illness or diagnosed or anything, probably because I wouldn't want to be diagnosed. I don't go and ask about it. Uh, I don't... But I think we all struggle um, with finding our place in the universe and songs are a great way for me to obviously like address that and know where I'm at and what I'm thinking and that's part of what it's all about, yeah. Um, the the creative journey is also a journey of exploration. A lot of people do say that when they write music in particular that they're expressing themselves in a way that they can't when they speak. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's difficult to... Uh, even think uh, the stuff you write, you know, like you, it's it's difficult to capture what you did think. And this is the thing: is uh, we all think a lot. Uh, some people th- sometimes you find yourself your brains. That's what creative block people say about creative block and all that, you know, like or artistic block. Um, I have days where I don't, f- or moments in the day where I don't feel like any thoughts going around. It's totally stagnant, you know, like. Mm-hmm. But then that's what being an artist about is when your mind is running crazy and working, uh, letting it, channeling it in the direction or realising that you can take something 
whatever, if you entertain yourself at any point with your brain, if you find yourself chuckling or amused by yourself, write it down. You know, like it might later on you look back and you think, what was I thinking? I'm crazy. That's not, I don't know. Uh, seeking inspiration, you know, that's what art is about. The what, what art makes you feel like. You want to give that back, you know, you want to like make someone feel different. That's why I do. That's what you were getting at. That's the whole point why you started asking. When it was sorry, I get. I, I told you I don't stop talking. <laughs> it's fine. No, yeah. it's exactly what we, what we yeah, want yeah, to touch yeah, on. Exactly that because uh, the artistic block, the creative block, like you said, you have moments. Of, I mean, you feel it in everything. Like you said, everyone can hearing this will probably relate the same way. Where you have moments where you feel like you're smashing life, you're going at it, uh, or motivated even, mm. just simply motivated. And then the other times where you just completely not on it and it's probably the if best idea it, don't try and get on it don't like, try and relax get on. do something else and then when you get wound up with the newspaper or something or someone try and capture that whether it be anger or love or whatever just capture whatever when you do find yourself if that's what you you've decided you want to do is make songs and write about the things that make you feel when you feel something can try and capture that and if yeah. it's if it's not working it shouldn't be too hard yeah that's a, that's a really that's another good point that you mentioned which is writing stuff down um, simply, even if it's not going to get used anywhere, even if you're going to burn it, just the process of writing things down can make mm. can help you think uh, and, and actually realize. Yeah, yeah, and and you're sort of articulating your words. You know, it might be harder to say it, and then to write it down is a lot less effort. So when you write it down and then you start reflecting on it, and you start mm. thinking, oh, actually, what I'm thinking is not that bad, or my worries of, I don't know, failing exams, isn't actually that bad. Mm. It's not. You know, you can tell this is good. This yeah, is so if you personal say it experience. out loud, yeah, it takes away, <laughs> it makes you realise how ridiculous it is. Exactly. A lot of time you get that when you write a song, like you sort of, you suddenly realise when you're singing it, you haven't got much confidence in it. And that can change, but it's like, you said about burning lyrics, like not burning, but you know, you're saying it doesn't matter if you just throw it away. It's good. Mm. I always try to keep everything I've ever written in to some degree. Mm. There's no point. That's what I realised, is because it's just all in big mm. fucking army containers and it's. I'm never actually gonna, but I I have I did learn when I first started doing poetry never throw anything away always have something to go back to to re get your cogs working you might have something you know it's it's you you have to get the crap out you know but it's, it doesn't hurt to keep it and dig through it and yeah but um, why why do I do it I think was the nature of the question like with regards to okay your, why, why do you do why do I make music that's always the um but that's that's what I would, there is no real um answer except because I want to like they're saying if if you don't feel like writing a song and you, you're putting pressure on yourself that's where creative block comes from mm. people signing their self away saying like they do one good thing and then someone says oh yeah well we need loads more stuff off you we'll pay you this much for it and then they have got something to fulfill and something to live up to but I've always made it my mission to not be to be completely independent the only person I'm trying to impress is me and maybe my peers and my the people that I'm working with, it does feel nice when people want to work with you because they're impressed by your work. So yeah, there is a certain amount of wanting yeah. to Im- impress, but really the whole the whole journey is a personal journey. It's almost like a religion. It's like a, uh, it's like a, it's a healthy competition yeah. having other people as well that you have to work with. You know, people that you've got to live up to, yeah, yeah. yeah. If they're giving you studio time, you're not going to go in there, what, you know, uh, unprepared or 
What were you going to say? So why Lisbon or why Alfama for your music? Uh, why Lisbon? Yeah, well, why? it just happened, didn't it? Like we started the story earlier. Um, I got, I was liking Portugal. It's hot. It's very accommodating. It's very free. Uh, everyone sort of travels the country. I say everyone, but it's kind of a very tourist driven country so mm. there's a lot of work uh, around the country some people a lot of my most of the people i know in portugal haven't stayed in the same town all their life they're raised in one That's town and they've lived in lisbon they've lived down south they move around for the summer and the winter depending mm. on the uh, i've never spent enough time up north um i drove like so we drove down here in the end i'd been here a couple of times and done like three month stints and we eventually packed up and got in a van and we all just came here down to Lagos, all the way down to the bottom, uh, which is where I sort of started out, you know. Uh, I'd only passed through Lisbon. I didn't really love it that much immediately. It's quite um, daunting when you first get off the train trying to work out where to play and all that, whereas the small coastal towns, it's obvious, you know, there's like one main square, you can get licensed in a lot of them. Yeah, right just, now you don't need to get licensed, do you? Well, it's the, the license issue is a bit of a funny one. I'm never going to have any answers. I just, I haven't got a license here. People have got licenses for certain times and, and certain people places. People say they have. Yeah, and a lot of the time I have seen licenses. It's not impossible. I've been, I have had trouble with the, I've had my equipment confiscated on one occasion. That's another long story I won't go into. It never really bothered me that much. Why I did they confiscate it? Just because I was playing in the play and they'd already warned me and they told me that I couldn't play and that it was their job to take my stuff away when people complain. Did you get it back? Yeah, I had to pay and I had to go through quite a lot of different chores. 150. 150 euros? Yeah. Okay. And some chores, like messing around for a few days, going right. here, there and everywhere, trying to get it back. It was, but it was never stressful for me. It was just another walk around Lisbon, getting to know. I felt like I needed to know this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I might get some info, because I don't really see how it can be illegal uh, like that and how, and what they get from it. Like I, I worked out the amount of man hours and shit that the government had to put in place to just to process me right. wasn't even it probably they had to pay more than 150 euros just to like get me processed by the different <laughs> police and solicitors and shit yeah. paperwork so even it's, for them it doesn't make sense to yeah, find oh, you really. I don't know. and like I said I've never had any complaints like um, I, if you ask me to stop I stop I don't even have to be asked you just go like that you know it's like I've got a good relationship with all the police so. they just tell you that cut yeah, yeah, just yeah, like gesture me as if to say this is that yeah, stop yeah, yeah. sorry I'm doing too many gestures I'm no right. no it's yeah. fine and so, alright this is a really personal question I know a lot of street buskers in London for example make a lot of money how how much money do you make yeah, I get asked a lot and I always say there's no answer because it's not even a. it just depends on who you are how you're playing like I'll get 10 euros in a tune sometimes if it's the right tune with the right crowd and you mm. just so happen to get a load of kids walk around the corner. All It's all about the mood. A lot of the time people ignore me and then as soon as one kid starts showing an interest, everyone's interested or you play some song that just so happens to relate to them because they were listening to it this morning or they, it's their song, it's my song. You know, everyone's all about me you know, at the end of the day they're on holiday. They're not bothered about the guy sitting on the corner. He's just part of the... Um, and the ones I really I reach people like one or two at a time throughout the day you know I'll capture somebody who realises I'm doing something original like yourself and realises I'm not just the same as every other busker on the street not that sounds really snobby right there's loads of fucking good buskers out there uh, but there's a lot of traditional music and there's a lot of 
and I do feel that what I'm doing, even if it's not even supposed to be for the streets, that's the thing, sometimes it's a bit out of place. Like, I'm a crazy person, singing like songs no one's ever heard before, acting as if I've got an audience, when I clearly haven't even got an audience. I do realise that what I do is a bit, it is a bit different to like normal busking. Like, um, so it can go either way. You know, if I sat there and banged out um, the Beatles at the right time, you yeah. can make 100 euros in, in an hour. Like, you know, when you get it, it happens. Like, I've made 150 euros in a day. I've made 60 in an hour. These are the answers that I've got. But I can make nothing. That's the facts of the matter. Is when I go and climb up the hill, like this morning, I made three euros in the first hour. I managed to sell a CD in the app. So you have bad days, you know, like... Um, you have other expenses, lots of taxis yeah. with the heavy shit strings. Mm. You don't even take that into account. Like uh, you're just kind of always chasing, uh, not chasing money and such, but you're always trying to get enough. You've got money it on your just mind, to, just to keep your uh, equipment so that you mm. can keep working. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a big money thing for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, what about I'm on an average month then. I know it depends on, like you said, seasons yeah, and holidays. It's more probably... like an hourly rate. If I'm singing for an hour a good time of day in a good place I should get 20 euros right, that's what I expect an hour yeah uh, but that's just the singing the rest of it's waiting around for people to finish singing walking okay. through trying to some days you don't get to do a good slot you know you get stuck in the cold fucking evening like tonight you know it's just it's just there really there is like <laughs> the most you can earn the most I can earn on the street I think you know if I have 150 euros after a day I'm like buzzing you know that's exciting yeah uh, yeah you know, if I can get enough to buy my strings and keep eating and shit, uh, you know, and I do think that it, yeah, I might, I've grown, my, how much I earn has grown since I've been going along. Um, it's, a, it's a really good point that you mentioned about audiences because everyone talks about scanning your audience before you, you pitch whatever it is you're going to pitch. If you're selling something or mm. uh, if you, you want them to buy into your service or listen to your podcast two minutes. Uh, and by the way, this is something that I still haven't really figured out. I know my demographic yeah. is people like me, uh, young people, essentially. Mm. But people that just want something that's not obvious. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can put on the TV and look for obvious. Like There's loads of stuff shoved in your face. Things like this, you obviously have to like, you feel like part of it. That's what it is, like you. Yeah, you were saying you support yeah. and you listen because you're, it's your mate doing it and you feel like part of it. And the bigger it gets, the the, the first people that are involved in every great movement are always going to feel part of it. You know what I mean? It's a nice that's thing. True. That's true, yeah. that's They call that the, the core fan base. Like the, the, the critical mass. Yeah, well, <laughs> critical <laughs> mass. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> How long have you been growing your hair? Uh, I, it's falling out now, but... Uh, I've been growing it for. That was an awkward one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, only fucking, I'm only joking. I'm not. I'm not. It's not a stress for me. I used to be a, like when I was young. I used to shave my head anyway. But I started growing it when I was. Um, oh Jesus! It was sixteen years ago. I started growing it. Like maybe seventeen from bald. How old are you now? Uh, thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Had to think about that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. And now, yeah, I don't really cut it any. I used to, I've cut it a few times. I don't really cut it anymore. Sometimes I like break one in half. They're really thin. Yeah, is that a bit, a bit of a question? It was quite popular. You do wear a hat a lot of the time as well. Is it? I mean, you wear yeah, a hat. Yeah, it's just woolly. Isn't it? it just keeps me warm up there. But um, I should give you a some sort of witty Beatles answer to this, like about hair and that. <laughs> but I get so much to be honest. 
it's mainly the, the subject of conversation when it comes to me. I'm looking oh, for really? that now. Okay. Uh, so that's what people. Yeah, I've had people. It. I've had. I've had people accost me over the years about dreads, and then I see all these different like um, attitudes towards different haircuts and burkas and different ways of people dressing for different cultures and whether it's right and yeah the world's just so much full of people discussing things that really don't matter you wear what you fucking want to wear i don't know why i've got dreads it's like it's easy i always liked it when i was a kid i used to like try and plait my hair when i was still in school and that i always used to quite think dreads were cool i didn't really look into the cultural fucking ins and outs and as it happens i do know a lot about the cultural ins and outs of it now over the course of life i've learned and looked into it but really my attitude to everything is you know when it comes to aesthetics it's not anyone else's business it's like sex isn't it it's like no one else's business but your own is it you just you know um, it's a big thing in america as well the i mean a lot of people say it's the age where everybody's offended by everything yeah so i think it's important to be offended because like many movements came from people realizing you know i don't like so i don't really get into the um, Politics. social ins and outs of uh, I don't know how we got here. Uh, <laughs> but, well, no, but it's the thing, though, isn't yeah. it? Because it's I mean, it is, of... it is different cultures coming together, and then that's when you get a group being offended by another group. Yeah. Um, and of course, you have to be considerate, and then you've got to balance that out with freedom of speech, because mm. freedom of speech will always come and say, "Well, For you're me, allowed to say first, whatever you yeah, want." Because an artist, uh, and I think that art's a very good way to maintain freedom of speech, because the biggest way yeah because at the end of the day that's all it is that, that's art. what the media is that's what the media is just a bunch of people who criticize another bunch of people mm. like that's how you've got news and then you've got all sorts of weird stuff like donald trump who will play on who do his own media to counteract the media so he'll say something radical just so the media reacts to that and then sort of gives them a through ball if you want to yeah. like a like give like throws them a a, a bait and they'll just latch onto it, and then it's just big news. Yeah, it's games, isn't it? It's just, you know, I've written about a lot of it. I wrote, uh, you know, uh, I tried. It's not like it doesn't make its way into, but like when it comes to trying to like choose, like I don't, I haven't really got any other um, way of. Sorry, I'm losing my thread, but you know, I, I've got no real way of trying to, no platform. I don't, if ever I've got uh, any kind of success as a musician, mm. I'd make it very clear to the media that my platform is not, I'm not a role model. I'm not fucking interested in trying to like uh, wrangle the madness that is the world, you know, uh, the the public eye, you know, people's opinions and that, it would be, I'd try and be very, I guess I'd have to be private, which is a shame, because I'm not, I'm an open person. Yeah. So really, I guess that's what, one of the beautiful things about what I'm doing, is I can make a living without having to, like, ever be anyone to anyone, yeah. but then well, I actually, still reach people on a daily uh, basis. Yeah, I think it's actually probably the biggest, most important thing for you to be able to succeed doing street busking, is to be able to block everyone out, because mm. if you, the moment you start thinking... For any artist, yeah, what, think? Yeah. what do they think? Then you've lost. Yeah. Because then you start making the content depending on what they want, mm. not doing what you want, but finding the right people that also, want to listen to you. Also, the question would be like if anyone in London or England thinking of coming to Lisbon, 
to do street basketball, would you recommend or would you give advice or would you yeah, just tell like, them? Um, people do ask me for advice a lot. Uh, and like I said about Brenna, Australia, Ireland, she yeah. was, you know, she came and uh, like she'd never even bust before. Um, this was your friend that you met in Amsterdam? Yeah, we met in Amsterdam, and she was an Australian when I met her. She spoke Australian, mm. you know, and then when I, but she had Irish roots, and then she went to live in Ireland, and then when I met her the next time, she was speaking more or less Irish, you know what wow. I mean? So it's quite a mad, like... That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy. It's you, how someone can switch. Yeah, like that. and I've always advised them, yeah, come up, do this, do that, but I've always said, you know, it is like a, a hustle. I haven't really got any answers for you. You just have to find your... Everyone's going to get a different reaction from different places, Definitely, and yeah. I always try and make them welcome. And if I've got my like, we sometimes used to have the sound set up all day, and we'd let people that haven't got a sound come and do a half an hour and all that. We used to really try and create that communal vibe, and it was beautiful. We got some good videos and that. But now I'm on a mission really now to just struggle on and get a bit more money behind me so I can tour this year and get out of Lisbon a bit more uh, but yeah certainly a great city I'd advise anyone to come here for whatever reason it's amazing musically inspiring I've been inspired on so many levels here in the whole country but yeah really I was never lived in city before either you lived so, in Essex yeah so I spent some time in cities but I never actually lived this long in a city so that's a new thing for me you know like city life and mm -hmm. realising the potential yeah. and it's interesting because, I mean, people that I've met, a lot of people from countrysides are quite scared of cities. Um, not to say a lot of people, but some people are scared of the cities because they think, oh, there's a big crime rate there because all they watch is the mm. media and the media is just constantly covering the crime. Yeah. But then someone like me or, or Sahil, where we live and grew up in Manchester, yeah. um, and we've walked... Like You mentioned Moss Side yeah, to I... me as someone that, you know, and 10 years ago, Moss Side, it, it did have... But I've it did have a big crime rate, but I've walked we walked in Moss Side since we were kids. Yeah, we that's what it is though, because it's your it's like now I live in Intendent, you know. When I'm walking past people doing crack on the streets and people, clearly, people that are up to no, I've caught people pickpocketing loads of times in Lisbon and stuff. You know, wow. like, just like you don't have to do much. You just let them know that you've seen them. Yeah. And, and they, they stop. Yeah, like this one, this particular person, he didn't stop. He just carried on so much so that I thought he must be her husband or something, and I must have mistaken it. So I carried on watching, and then the woman turned round, and he was just literally standing there, red-handed with her stuff in his hands. Wow. And he could see me watching him, and he could see her, and this little old lady just looked at him like, as if say, as if she just told him off like a teacher. Wow. He was like, <laughs> gave it back, and then went back to his little spot where I see him hanging out, like by the church where oh, the junkies hang. What an hang idiot. Out, like, yeah, and that obviously part of you, like you almost feel bad for like or scared for yeah. saying something, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. and I don't know how whether that's right. A lot, but I should have probably done something. I don't know, but he looked a bit scary to be fair. And I, and I just, yeah, just thought I could do without it, you know. But really, someone needs to say something. But you know, he's just a desperate. You see them; they're up and down all day. You got to have your wits about you. It's not the end of the world. So I'm putting people off Lisbon at this point. It's amazing. This shit happens everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Let's just make that clear because it's on my doorstep. <laughs> And I know that all the beggars know me, all the junkies have seen me walk past every day, doing my job, the police. You just feel a certain comfort with it, don't you? Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it happens everywhere, like you said. And, you know, in Manchester, we've got a thing where there's a lot of students that come and the students live uh, in a place which is not so well off, that they mainly live in a place called Fallowfield in Rusholm. And these places are, are, you know, poorer estates. So... You know, there, there's a lot. Of, there's a big thing where people from there will come, 
Uh, and by the way, I grew up there. Um, so again, it's normal for us to, to, to interact and walk down mm. those streets. Um, but people will come down to Oxford Road, steal some laptops and something from students. And, you know, the uni will put it out there. It's so dangerous. Be careful. And it does happen. I think when it does happen, like you said, I agree is that the main thing is that you let them know that you're watching. And I've, I've just simply said, had a conversation with some, like there was one time where someone was in a cafe and you won't believe this, like this, this, the intelligence on this, this level. So an old woman sat in the only spot in the cafe where there's no cameras, an old innocent looking woman, a girl w- walked to the um, toilet and asked that woman to look at her laptop while she went there. She didn't want her laptop to get stolen. Mm. That woman then went on her phone to text uh, someone to come so in and, rip the and take the laptop. So mm. when, and you know, you'd, you'd think, and you looked them straight in the eyes and you know, I, I, I felt it. I felt, I didn't know what was happening, but I, I heard about that. Mm. And no one knows this was going on. Um, but the reason I found out was because after I found out that happened, I was looking at the woman. I thought she was there, and so I, I talk, started talking to her. And I said to her, "You know, you're right." And she got nervous, and she was she was like, "Yeah, short sentences. Um, what are you doing? Do you come here often? Uh, sometimes." And she got up and left. So straight away, I said, "Look, that woman's in on the, on the crime to the Tim Hortons owners," mm. and they went and checked CCTV. And, you know, that's now a red flag. Um, obviously, it would have been nicer to have spotted that beforehand. Mm. Um, but as soon as you say something, and I think that's where people should be more brave in just openly just chatting to them. Because as soon as you, you talk to someone, they're instantly... Yeah, they know they're in the wrong. Don't they're they? in the wrong. So they've got a guilty conscience already and they're not going to carry, carry on with it. Because no. you can make a scene and then everyone could gather around and then they could be in prison. It's yeah. simple as that. It could zero to a hundred. Yeah, just it's, like that. it's just because they're the outlaws essentially, isn't they? You know that they're on on the other side of the law, so they're more likely to do some crazy ass shit than you are. You could do without it, whereas he's essentially got exactly. nothing to lose. That's the way I always see a lot. Of, exactly. A lot of crime is obviously poverty, isn't it? You know, if you've got nothing to lose, and obviously, you know, there's different different levels, levels of poverty and yeah. need yeah. and desire and whatever. Yeah. But in the, the day. Uh, I can guarantee whoever's going to think my laptop's more likely to like be a danger than than I am. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I can, absolutely. I can well do without violence. It's absolutely. And so, right now you play in the guitar, you play the harmonica, and what other instruments? How did you learn that the singing? Was yeah, that that's the th- singing, and that's that's your three key traits. Yeah, my it? voice, I'd say, and my. You know what? I did a really bad performance. I need to do another performance before the end of this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's but grab the guitar. Grab no, the. Wait. We'll wait until I suddenly get an idea of something I actually want to play. But yeah, I've got a harmonica brace here somewhere. But yeah, no. It started off with the guitar, bass, guitar. Uh, my first instrument. I wasn't particularly a good bassist. I just got showed bass lines, root notes, and scales, and from there started playing. Very slowly, you know, I developed my musical stuff. I never really thought of myself as a musician. I'd never really had to be one. And then the harmonica, like I say, was just another another vocal chord, you know. I just instantly felt the scale out and then knew where I was going with it. And so it's... I mean, that, that's, for someone like me, I don't understand anything about music. Mm. Right? I don't even... I barely even listen to music. Yeah. Um, and so, what, so you would say vocals are things like... 
that you you blow yeah. out on instruments just that you blow no, on. No, on singing on. singing is my vocals really. Yeah, yeah, like, of course. Um, but yeah. but you related the harmonica to that as well. Yeah, melodic right. instruments like harmonica. Um, it's very limited harmonica. You've only got one key. Mm, so as long as you're in the right key, you've only got one scale, and obviously right. there's two different positions. But uh, once I had a basic scale. This is like a melodic, a harmonic minor, so it's a bit different. But wow. um, yeah, you just put it in and you just kind of sing with it, you know. And so I just need and a different sucking and different blowing. I never really gave it too much thought. And that's that contraption that you've got. Yeah, this harmonic is just a harmonic brace. I mean, I saw right. Dylan with one. Um, it wasn't like at the time I wasn't mad about Dylan. Like, it's not who's Dylan? Bob Dylan. Like um, Bob Dylan. Yeah, he was my first. Yeah, Dylan. Like that, as if he's my mate. <laughs> Dylan's just here. I suppose I just like the fact it gave me an extra string to the bow, you know, like musically. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, just, it, I, like I so said, I just could spend hours just playing it, you know, I didn't have to write, sit and try and figure it out or anything. Mm -hmm. And I probably wasn't sounding very good at first, I guess. Um, but <laughs> it got, like, rhythms. Um, I don't, I, like I said, I learned the chops and that, and uh, many variations of chops, like uh, the percussive style of reggae like um, you don't need to ring out the notes you know uh, so I never really did much uh, I do do blues and one two music like uh, no, I mean that boom 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 like one two three four you know whereas yeah. reggae is much more so it's like back to front like. but then you've got scar which is essentially like the birth of reggae was scar like Faster, you know, you've got different variations of that chop, but I like that. All about that three, two, three, four, one, two, three. And then I got more into like the fingery sort. And I've got songs like I'm gonna write harmonic. I might have the right harmonic for this. That's why I like it slow like that. That is nice. Yeah. What's that one called? Uh, it's called Tsunami. It's about Mother Nature. I'll sing it a bit. It's like um, that's just the first finger picking I really figured out. And then once I figured out that, that was another song. That's how I write, you know. Whatever I'm capable of, whatever little, little trick I do, I learn, I apply it. And so you learn the skill first, and then as soon as you've got a skill, yeah, you just, just come yeah, up with a... fiddle, yeah. I'll be trying to learn one other thing on YouTube or something, like Jake Bug or something, and then I can't... Before I learn that properly, I end up finding myself doing some other shit. Yeah. It's similar. But uh, like, this is like a different rhythm. More of a Latin rhythm. If I could be honest Ooh. 
Have you ever been a fan of the whole American harmonica? Western. Yeah, old cowboy Western used in the harmonica. Yeah, like early Dylan stuff. Like, um, I mean, yeah, proper blues harp. I love it, but I can't really like Howling Wolf, something like that. You know, I've I've always liked the sound of it. Like, um, and I spoke, but really, I suppose Dylan's the main person that I listen to. The main harmonica music. I like blues, I like old, I like roots music, like the roots of every music, whether it be drum and bass or like uh, hip hop, you know, the early birth of all music is, is where it's most interesting for me, you know. Uh, let me see if I can do that one. No, um, I'm not sure if I've got the right heart for that uh, tsunami one. So the, you're talking about hearts and stuff, and that's completely going over my head. Mm. That's harp. harmonica, yeah, that's what I call it, it's a harp. Right. Oh, but it's, it's actually not a, a harp, obviously, it's a mouth organ harmonica. But yeah, they just, even, I always use minor keys. I've got a couple of majors, the one I've done earlier. That I've, I've got a few things. Um, you just have to buy the harp, the harmonica for whatever tune right, you've, okay. you've written or sometimes I'll write a tune based on a harmonica but I never really know what I'm doing I just go for it uh, I mean you say you don't know what you're doing but the outcome uh, is always like that was your mm. that was your music yeah, yeah. that was completely your song from start to finish yeah yeah and the rhythms like I so said I don't really know what that is it's just something I did going by the flow I want to do to that you know it just happens it's just uh, I like like say like um, that's quite a nice rhythm you know it's quite a simple one I can sing along to uh, the old roots sings I can go on all, all day with the freestyles over that kind of Here, like uh, a new one in that more 
fingery style. This is fantastic. I mean, let's make this the wrap-up song for everyone listening. Thank you for listening and enjoy this. Again, the Portuguese busker from Essex. I like this little intro. It's so good. I could be a radio one yeah. as a dream. <laughs> What's the album called? It's not on an album, this one, man. It's CD. Like, oh, the new album is Bare Bones. Bare but Bones. You can find Spotify. There's an album called Newfound Lump featuring me. The Beatroots. Paper, Scissors, Stunt. I'll link your Instagram in the description as well. Yeah, nice. I'll give you a few links. Are you counting up those chips I see Spreading out that stack I'm not playing your game I'm not gonna be part of the pack I'm not the ace, I'm not the king I'm just the joker at the back I can be anything yeah, I could be the wild card May play the race card Very poor taste Wrong time, wrong place Hard hitting I'm impacting for reaction, provoking some emotion I'm just probing for some passion, just trying to break it open For some honest interaction Why it's so serious? Why you take it so seriously? Take it all, you see, I'm gonna take the pot, yes you know We've been taking it all Go out the window. No 
everyone's keeping score And then when someone says one more You know you've all been here before Then someone says Why don't we just call this one a draw Then he opens up the door And we all go out and explore Cause you know we've been taking it all that one because it's uh, sort of kind of encapsulates some of the things we were discussing how I feel about stuff and that you know it's quite a personal one and uh, it also is quite bluesy and different rhythm not so reggae I... and I've never done it before I've never recorded it uh, it's never it's just oh, literally an idea no end no beginning like it's oh, just uh, so yeah, it's wow. first, time ever, yeah. first time ever exclusive for the podcast really, really good. Right. Absolutely yeah, appreciate more, you. More, more prepared tunes and that. You know, no, not at all. In fact, that's uh, no, no, and thank you so much for agreeing to do this mm. on so, yeah. a a night like tonight. Well, random, yeah. I did, I did it yet, peeps? I did this for you, man. I, I literally um, I I can't sing very well once I've just eaten a big meal and that. So I thought I'd save it. I've got some food in the fridge, but it's all good. I really appreciate it. it. Dane, thank you so much for coming. Your Instagram is going to be on. It's been great, man. It's been well chill. Thank you for listening. Enjoy till next time. This is two minutes. Good night. Yeah.